What a great day to talk about some fantasy football after a very interesting week of football. A lot of matchups that people didn't expect to go the way that they did. And some great, I'd say, Sunday night and Monday night football games. New York, New York fans, not the greatest days. But again, a lot to talk about in the fantasy football world. And I think one of the biggest things to talk about right now, or the one of the biggest players, is Christian McCaffrey, because he is having a career season right now. In fantasy-wise, he's had over 20-plus points every single week. And last week, he just had a 48.7 game where he had four touchdowns. He is an absolute fantasy machine, touchdown machine, an overall football machine. He's doing it all for the 49ers currently. He is definitely the most consistent player in fantasy football. But my question is, can he keep it up all season long? If you look at the next four games, he plays teams like the Cowboys, Browns, Vikings, and Bengals. Cowboys arguably the best defense in the league right now. Other three, some some questionable defenses, but can he keep it going? Because he does have a history of injuries that maybe that could happen. But, like, do we think that 20-plus points is a consistent thing that could happen for him? I definitely think the 20-plus points is reasonable. I expect him to have a great season, you know, barring injuries, like you said. He's one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best running back. Uh, I mean, he's proven this time and time again. It's been a long time since he's come to the league, and he's been very good, as I said. Um, I expect George Kittle, honestly, to get some more points. He hasn't played – well, I'm, I'm talking in fantasy terms. He just hasn't scored as many points as I'd expect. Um, you know, I think Brock Purdy targets him a lot. So with that being said, you know, just historically seeing how much Brock Purdy throws him the ball, I expect Kittle's numbers to go up a little bit. And uh, McCaffrey's averaging 30 points per game right now on ESPN. I think that's going to go down a little bit just because, like I said, I expect the ball to just get thrown around a little bit more specifically to Kittle. And 30 points per game is just crazy. I I don't think he's going to be able to do that, but the the 20-plus mark is definitely fair. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, I definitely do feel like he could get 20-plus every game. Like, he already did it. Like, he did it against Pittsburgh, 25.9. L.A., 22.5. Um, New York Giants, 22.9. And obviously, the big game, 48.7. So, he definitely can do it again. Um, He is running. He is the number one running back. Like, if he goes down, they don't have a backup. So, yeah, so he could keep it going. Uh, that actually leads in perfectly to what I wanted to bring up was, again, I did say that he does have a history of injuries. It happens a lot for him. It happened on the Panthers. Um, again, barring any injury, we hope obviously for no injuries, but say in the situation tweaks an ankle or something, something happens. Do we think there's a guy that can fill in his shoes? Is there a running back that we think can come up? I know that the RB2 right now is Elijah Mitchell, but there is also Jordan Mason who gets a few snaps uh, when it is like a blowout game. But is there a running back can, can fill his shoes? If not, are they going to have to lean on a guy like George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk? What, what would be the game plan for the 49ers? Man, I can't lie. When I saw your question on our outline we did, I took it totally the wrong way. I thought you meant 
who would fill his shoes as like who who would be the best running back in fantasy if Christian McCaffrey went down? But I'm gonna answer both questions, just because you you know what? Why not? So uh, I definitely think they'd rely on the pass game more, just because Christian McCaffrey has such a large impact. I mean, Purdy has been nothing but impressive. He hasn't lost a single home game in the regular season. So j- just knowing that, you know, that he can throw the ball. It's clear. And they have Debo Samuel as well. They have uh, Brandon Ayuk. They have plenty of weapons on this offense. They don't need to re- rely on the run game. But uh, I guess I'll just answer my question I made up in my own head. Uh, my answer was Bijan Robinson. I just think he's been so impressive thus far, but I won't I won't go too far into it since that wasn't the planned question. I definitely agree with Matt when he said they should rely on the passing game because obviously Justin just oh his name is so hard to pronounce just that's how you say it. Justin Juicechik it's uh yeah Juicechik yeah. um I think that when if um he goes down, like, he can't fill his shoes because he's, like, mostly there for, like, the scrap minutes. So I think that they should definitely rely on their passing a lot more. It'll definitely be a tough situation there because I'll, I'll be honest. It was – it's still a question for me even because when you do look at the offense right now, it, like, it is Christian McCaffrey. It, Forget the San Francisco 49ers. It's the San Francisco Christian McCaffrey's. That's really what it is over there. And it's it's tough to see an offense without them. So when you look at their offense and what they can do, I think when Brock Purdy does pass the ball, when the ball is in his hands, he's a great quarterback. I think he like I think in the la- I think it was the last game, his completion percentage was like 81%. Like he was not missing a throw. He's very accurate, knows where his passes need to go. So I would not as a 49ers fan, I would not be upset if the ball had to be relied on in the hands of Brock Purdy because he's a great quarterback. But Christian McCaffrey is definitely a great running back, great fantasy running back, a guy that is hard to fill the shoes of. But 49ers, if anything, have the guys to do that. But now we'll look to a, not a competition, but a situation where it's going kind of back and forth. We don't know exactly who the number one guy is in this situation. And it's in Houston. The Houston Texans, Nico Collins versus Tank Dell. It's a very close battle over there because they're both having great weeks on and off. One guy will have a great week, but then the next week it'll be the other guy's turn. This week it was Nico Collins' turn where he went for seven receptions for 168 yards and two touchdowns. But the two weeks before, it was all Tank Dell, where in both the weeks combined, he had 12 receptions for 217 yards and two touchdowns. My question is, down the line, who is the guy you're trusting more? Who do you think will get more targets, get more receptions, get more touchdowns? Or just overall, who's getting you more fantasy points? I'm going to go with uh, Nico Collins just based upon the fact that he's had more targets in almost every game this year. I mean, he's the more uh, experienced player. It's his third year, whereas Tank Dell, it's only it's his rookie season. I think that's just more reliable at this point in the game, at this point in the season, and you're just going to trust that more. I mean, Nico Collins has been playing with quarterback play that obviously wasn't at the level of C.J. Stroud now. I'm really impressed by C.J. Stroud. 
And I think that Collins and just how he's been playing in, in fantasy, it's, his stock is just going to continue to rise. Um, yeah, I definitely am going to go with experience here. I'm going to go with um, Nico Collins as well. I feel like he's going to give us more fantasy points just because, like, he's been in the league a little bit longer. Obviously, um, last game versus Steelers, he had two touchdowns. So, yeah, like, he's – I would go with Nico Collins over Dell. And talking along the lines of the Texans, I think, Matt, I think you brought his name up, uh, CJ Stroud. Rookie quarterback on the Houston Texans, a team that definitely struggled last year with Davis Mills as their quarterback. Didn't really have much going in their favor. But now you're looking at him. Duke Collins is having, I think, arguably the best rookie quarterback season right now. You could argue with Anthony Richardson. He did miss a game due to concussion, but he also is having a great season. But looking at C.J. Stroud, he really has been a great quarterback over there. Uh, doing exactly what uh, the management hoped he would be doing. Do you think he'll be able to keep up what he's doing and aid in the the, the fantasy benefits of Nico Collins and Tank Dell? If you look at the past three weeks, C.J. Stroud has had six touchdowns and only one fumble. He's yet to throw an interception on the year. So he plays the ball safe. He gets the touchdowns. He gets the points. Do we think that C.J. Stroud – We'll keep up the the season that he's got going so far. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you just look at him and watch the games, he looks so confident in the pocket. You could think he's a 10-year veteran if you'd never watched him. Um, I mean, he's, he's just really good. There's no other way to say it. Like you said, he's been very careful with the ball, and that's something you'd really like to see out of a rookie. Not many rookies have that. You know, you see a lot of growing pains where they're just – throwing the ball, you know, into spots that it's just almost impossible to fit. Like, I still see that from Josh Allen at times, and he's one of the elite quarterbacks in the league. Um, So I've I've been really impressed with C.J. Stroud. He's completed 62% of his passes on the year. All the stats are there. The eye test is on point. He or Anthony Richardson, you know, they they may have really great careers. they're, They're both looking like they have bright futures. Um, definitely as well. I definitely do see, think CJ Stroud can keep it going. Like you said, 62% completion rate. He's, he is a rookie, but I know that as the years progress, he, he's going to be him for real. And yeah. And it definitely is intriguing to look at how he's been doing. I mean, you look at the past three weeks, uh, fantasy wise, obviously this is a fantasy football podcast. Looking at the past three weeks, he's had two 300 yard games. And, and in all three of those games, two passing touchdowns and 20-plus points. So he's getting it done on the field and in most of your fantasy leagues if you haven't started. But the thing to, the thing to realize about this team is that later on, or uh, later on, I mean, like in last season, they didn't have many pieces, but now they are – they got the pieces. They drafted T.J. Stroud. They got Will Anderson. They got a lot of guys over there. Tank Dell having a great year. It's they've got the pieces to be great, but again, fantasy wise, C.J. Stroud playing great over there, and with him playing great, it's going in the benefit of guys like Nico Collins and Tank Dell. But now we're gonna look over towards uh, two guys who haven't played the season yet, but they are on pace to come back and would be a big benefactor to their team. 
And I think we'll go with the first one because, in my opinion, um, I've been waiting oh so desperate, desperately for this guy to come back for the sake of my fantasy team because if he didn't come back, um, I might be down the drain. Um, Cooper Cup. This guy was drafted in every league, arguably, top five, top seven. He was up there. He was going to be the guy, and everyone thought, like, he was going to play right away. Yes, he had a lingering injury uh, throughout the offseason, but he looked like he was on track to play again the season, start the first week, and then worst news comes, re-aggravates it. And I, when I tell you, I looked at my phone, and I've either never been so mad in my life, I re- like, I wanted to throw my phone. I, I could not stand looking at the phone and getting that notification. But he is on track to come back in this week. That is what it's looking like. It's not as certain yet, but he is on pace to possibly play in week five. That was what Sean McVay and the Rams organization were talking about. I think the big question here is, will he come back the exact same? Because especially after him re-aggravating it again, that definitely opens up the door for it happening again. He could re-aggravate it for a third time. So do we think Cooper Cup is going to come back and be that triple crown guy who led the league in receptions, yards, and touchdowns? Is he the same Cooper Cup that we all know and love? Uh, maybe not the same Cooper Cup, but I know that he's going to come back and dominate, though. Um, obviously, he is the Super Bowl MVP, so he knows what to do when it comes to, like, doing his thing, like getting receptions and yeah. Chris, you made the same fateful mistake I did. I took Cooper Cup as well. I'm interested as to where you took him at. Where where'd you take him? Or uh what what uh pick rather? I believe in my league or with the one drug I the one league I took him in, I think it was the sixth overall. Okay, I took him fifth. So even worse for me, I <laughs> took him over Tyreek Hill. But uh, I was really confident Cooper was going to have a great season. I mean, like we said, triple crown, that was just two years ago. He had 1,947 yards and 16 touchdowns. And like Darren pointed out, he was the best offensive player on the Super Bowl winning team. I have a lot of confidence in Cooper Cup and even more confidence in the fact that I read an article today saying that, you know, the injury wasn't as bad as the Rams originally feared. So I think that is definitely a positive. Now, I think also a thing to talk about in in that situation is because there's a new guy over there, new guy who has become, I don't want to say the face of the NFL, but people can't stop and talk about this guy. I mean, I love his name. His name itself is amazing. I I love to say it rolls off the tongue very well, but Puka Nakua, that that just sounded amazing. Um, He has really been a star. In LA right now, he's been having games that nobody would have expected out of a fifth round pick. He's coming in playing like a wide receiver one. The one thing to bring up though, Matt Stafford is known for finding one guy and targeting him 15 times a game, 16, like getting up there. The one guy on that team will always get the targets, but you still look at that team with Pukunakua fantasy wise. 300-yard games, with two of them going over 145 yards. He only now just got his first touchdown this past week. But again, 15 targets, 20 targets, 7 targets, 10 targets, and then receptions-wise, 
10, 15, 5, and 9. I think the question here now is, what, what's the impact on Puka? Is he going to still get at least 15, maybe 20 points? Or is he going to go to wide receiver 2 and be the iconic Matt Stafford um, backup and maybe get two, three catches a game? Uh, I don't think, like, he's going to do too. I think he's doing well his first season, but he is new to the league. I mean, this is his first season in the league, but um, I think he's going to go to wide receiver too, like, to start off. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a PPR league, uh, that'll definitely sting. I mean, he's going to get a lot less targets. Uh, I, I think most people are in PPR leagues. I don't know about you guys. But, um, yeah, like you said, Matt Stafford, he definitely has a tendency to throw it to one guy, and Cooper Cup has been his guy, and they won a Super Bowl together, and there's nothing that can break that bond. You know, Puka has been very good thus far, but, you know, he's just a rookie. It's been a few weeks, and although he looks promising for sure, I can't discredit Cooper Cup and everything that he's done. You can't just wipe away the years of greatness out of him. And I expect him to get a lot of targets just like he used to. And uh, I also think, you know, there's a lot of teams they have number one wide receivers at the number two. And it's very clear who those guys are, like uh, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle. And a lot of those, specifically Waddle, he doesn't get nearly as many targets as he did in his rookie season just because of how good Tyreek Hill is, which is understandable. But at the same time, it's like, there's guys with a lot of talent, and if you're just reading the stats and you're not watching the games, sometimes you wouldn't realize just how good they are because they don't get the ball as much. Definitely sucks, especially, I mean, when it comes to fantasy, a lot of those wide receiver two guys you guys talk about, Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, even Jalen Waddle, a lot of people start them in fantasy leagues thinking they'll be top-notch because a lot of those duos do go for a lot of yards. This season's been a little different. T. Higgins, I mean, I remember week one, he had the biggest dud I've ever seen, and it hurt every fantasy man- manager who had him. But now there's another guy coming back, which I'll be honest, this guy I was not the highest on. I was kind of afraid to draft him. He fell to like the third, sometimes the fourth round, and that is Jonathan Taylor. He obviously had, I wouldn't say controversy around him, but he wanted to get traded. He wanted to go somewhere else. Did not want to be with the, the Colts anymore. Had a little fallout with, I think it was the either the general manager or the owner. I forget who exactly it was. But he had a bit of a falling out. Weren't on the same page. Looking at his situation, obviously he's going to come back. Running back one on that team. If we're being honest, just, not just because of his talent, but I think the standing he is in with his team I don't think he's going to come back the way he was uh, last season, being a top five running back in fantasy. But what are her, his pred- predictions for when he does come back? Because he definitely, definitely still does have the upside of playing on the Colts, getting at least 15, 20 carries a game. But do we think he's still going to be well? I mean, Zach Moss has been playing pretty well over there. But is JT going to be the JT we remember from last year? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with no here just because, like you said, the him and the team, they've just been 
not on the same page. And I mean, he had an excellent season about two years ago and he, he had a solid season last year, but it, it was a bit of a step down. I, I took him first overall last year. And um, I mean, it wasn't everything that I expected out of him, uh, which it, it's not, it's not his fault. If I'm being honest, I mean, I just, I don't think the line was as good as it should have been, but at the end of the day, there's a lot of things that you got here. You've got issues with the team. You've got issues, you know, well, questions for me about the line you've got the injury to you know there's so many things here it's like everything has to go right for him to have an excellent season he's got plenty of talent I still have a lot of faith in him it's just that also you got to realize that running backs have such a short prime and such a short uh period of, of greatness really and um you know it just goes like that it's here and it's gone and you know we'll have to see how he bounces back Oh, whoa, that was a boy's crack. Bounces back. <laughs> um, I also don't think he's going to bounce back. Um, obviously, the injuries the injuries hurt you um, a lot. Um, obviously, like last season, only four touchdowns, but he had still had a decent amount of yardage, uh, 861. But when you look at it like 2021, now he killed it that season, but I don't think he'd go back to 1,000-plus yards. Feel me? I think maybe like 700 this season. If we're saying, yeah, so I don't think that. And I think in that case as well with Jonathan Taylor, I mean, this actually leads in well to our last topic, which is, is Anthony Richardson that guy? Because that does, like, Anthony Richardson has been playing very well. He has been. The issue with him that I see is being a mobile quarterback sometimes is not the easiest thing or isn't it doesn't lead in your favor sometimes because you put your body on the line a majority of the game running the ball some quarterbacks I'll be honest are not great uh at sliding don't know what sliding knees means <laughs> Daniel Jones um but Anthony Richardson has been looking very well do we think that can he be a top five fantasy quarterback? Because uh, in the last game, he had two passing touchdowns, one rushing. And in three games, he had four rushing t- touchdowns and only two turnovers. So just along the same lines as C.J. Stroud that we were talking on earlier on, he is very safe with the ball, doesn't turn it over very often in the games that he has played. The rushing upside definitely does help him, puts him up there in the conversation of being a top five. And the way he's playing, and if he keeps playing, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets top three even because a lot of the quarterbacks this year have been very disappointing, not been playing the way we expected. Like Joe Burrow, probably the biggest disappointment. Patrick Mahomes, a little more interceptions than we would have thought. But can Anthony Richardson finish at the top of the table or even just in that range of like the three to five range of quarterbacks? I'm going to go with, yeah, just because rushing yards and fantasy are king. You know, you got to take a look at Justin Fields. He's nowhere near an elite quarterback in the NFL, but he's still, you know, going to be one of the first five quarterbacks off the board just because of how good he is at escaping the pocket and how good he is at running with the ball. And at the end of the day, I mean, he's an athletic quarterback, very athletic quarterback. That was an understatement. I mean, he had the highest – 
I can't exactly remember what it was called, but he was the most athletic quarterback in the draft combine besides Cam Newton and Dante Culpepper, who were just freak athletes, basically. And he's very effective at running the ball, as I said. You know, maybe there's a few questions with his accuracy when he came out of Florida, but he's played very well thus far. And, you know, there's no reason I'd have to doubt him. So I'm going to go with yes to that question. Um, I'm going to say no. Um, um, he is new to the league. That could be a factor. Um, there's a lot of more experience veterans in the league who I feel like will be top five. But I'll give him top ten, though. Like, but I just don't think top five. I definitely see both your perspectives. Obviously, I mean, when you, when you look at him, He's been taking over that offense because when you look at Jonathan Taylor, I think now the Colts have a quarterback who is mobile because they were never used to a mobile quarterback. They had Phillip Rivers, Matt Ryan, um, Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was a little mobile, but at the time he was just not very good at all. Sorry to say that. But they never had a guy who just could take the ball on a QB draw, like a designed QB draw. They never had a guy like that. So I think now that they do, they finally see the benefits of it and how he really can help out an offense. Because, I mean, when you look at last week, how they played, it was they were down, I believe, I forget what they were down by, but I think it was either 20 to nothing or 23 to nothing. It was one of those two, one of those two scores. But they made a miraculous comeback. I can't remember if they won. Let me, I, I can go back and look. No, they didn't, they didn't end up coming back and winning. It went to overtime, though. So they brought back that game from what almost looked like a certain loss. Like they were not going to win that game, but they made it a viable game. And in my opinion, it was strictly due to Anthony Richardson, who, again, as I said, had two rushing touchdowns or no, two passing touchdowns and one rushing touchdown. He was really taking it himself, putting the ball in his hands, taking control of the offense. I do see him getting top five. And if I'm being honest, just because of the way quarterback play has been in general this year, I could see him getting top three even because there's not been many other guys doing what Anthony Richardson is doing. I mean, I think the only guys I would put up there would be not even Tua really because his defense is helping him a lot. Their running backs, Raheem Mostert, I'm not, I don't want to mess this guy's name up because remember he came out and just said how to pronounce his name. I think it's Devin. Sean, a cha- I don't know. I'm not going to try. Whatever. I'm not going to try. But, I mean, Patrick Holmes, obviously, and then Jalen Hurts, but Josh Allen, obviously. There's not many other guys playing at a top level in fantasy-wise. So, I definitely see Anthony Richardson getting up there in the rankings. But now, it definitely was an, an interesting week. But now, let's look to this upcoming week. Some of the upcoming matchups where I think there are some good ones. When you look over at the Jaguars and Bills specifically, they're playing at 930 because I think they're in, I believe they're in London this week. I know it's one of those um, over the seas games. It's either London or Germany, but I think it's London. We got that over there. Got some other interesting matchups. Giants, Dolphins, that a lot of people are saying could be a, a fantasy reckoning. For the Dolphins, all the players are going to get 
God knows how many points. I don't even want to know being a Giants fan. I'm not trying to think about that right now. But looking ahead, what matchups do you think could have players who have 30-point games, 35-point games? Are there any matchups that stand out to you this week? Yeah, I think you already said it. I think it's the Dolphins and the Giants. I mean, we know how explosive Miami's offense is. Raheem Mostert, despite being older, there were a lot of years he didn't play. He didn't get much playing time. So he still has a lot of – he's still got a lot of juice in him, you know what I mean? And he's definitely shown that thus far this year. And then you got Tyreek and Waddle. I'm not betting against that. You know, Tyreek, to me, is – he's got to be in your top two receivers. I mean, that may be – you can argue he's not, but I definitely think he is. I expect him to have a big performance, and yeah. Um, I say Bengals and 49ers. I I feel like McCaffrey's gonna have another big week, like always. Um, Bengals. I'm gonna say, I think Joe Burrow's gonna step it up. Um, I feel like the past weeks he hasn't really been good, but I know this week he's gonna be good. So always excited for some. NFL Sunday, some seven hours of commercial-free football. Can never complain about that. So definitely looking forward to a lot of these matchups. And also going to be looking forward to next week, where we'll have another episode of Ice in the Ticker. I'm Chris Jones, and I'm here with Darren Worrell and Matthew Sodebeer. We will see you guys next week for another episode of Ice in the Ticker.